Karlsson, Karlsson, världens bästa Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, hoj här kommer Karlsson Karlsson, Karlsson, ingen faktiskt, ingen annan Karlsson Killar jag så bra som mig Karlsson, Karlsson, Karlsson scores! Injuries. And outries. JK, we already did in part one. Check those out. Now we've got hot streaks and cold streaks. Brian's like looking at me like, who the heck is this guy? Uh, Brian, how's it going? How, how did you enjoy part one? I think we had a good chat. I think it was a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to, to keep rolling through part two here. Uh, we've got some, like, I love, there's been so much, I think, good show. And I hope the, the second half can match the first. I think that the first half is going to like relatively seemed like it was a garbage show one of our worst compared to part two this is oh, gonna yeah. be so cracker okay so let's what? go <laughs> it's the same if you watch dairy girls this, that was a shout out to my to the fellow dairy girls fans okay okay uh let's start in la where phoenix copley has taken hold of that starters job i'm just gonna say it he got back in the net thursday versus boston after letting in six in the third versus buffalo on tuesday so i think that's like that says something, right? Like he let in six goals in a single period on Tuesday, and he still, the coach didn't put Jonathan Quick in Thursday. They, he went, we're going back to Phoenix. Then sat, oh, by the way, he played well, right? Versus Boston, two goals against uh, in a win. Then he got the start Saturday, two goals against versus San Jose in the win. Phoenix Copley is great. Like he's been so good. He has four quality starts in five. And to be fair, like that one bad game, it was just one bad period. And it was against Buffalo. He got taged. It's been happening to every goalie around the league. Everyone gets taged. He only did it for one. He was able to hold off Tage Thompson for two whole periods. That's like worth something. Okay. So uh, Phoenix Copley, if you look at his save percentage, it looks pretty mediocre. Only 904. But you take out that one period and that probably goes up like to 944 or something. I haven't done the math myself. But like in the 14 of 15 periods he's played has been very good um we always advocate on the show to not spend big on goalies in the draft because they're a bit like hard to predict and you want to like instead keep your eye out for good free agent goalies especially if a potential starting goalie appears we all remember Vili Huso last year right all of a sudden was emerging as a starting goalie and if you jumped on him you got like a start like one of the top goalies I'm not saying that Phoenix Copley is gonna be one of the top goalies but if you want the starting goalie on LA Phoenix Cop is probably available to you in free agency, and I don't think it's going to last much longer. So maybe I'm being like too high on him, and now he's going to blow everybody up next week, and I'm going to look bad. But I think that you should jump on Phoenix Copley if he's available, if you want a starting goalie. Who's doing, who's doing well? Yeah, who's doing well? Phoenix Copley is doing well. I'm not going to throw any cold water on this. He's been good. And actually, at five on five, he's only given up six goals in five games on 87 shots. So he's performing well above his expected Fenwick save percentage. It's uh, just shorthanded where Copley's getting beat, but that's to be expected. So I, I really like what I'm seeing so far from Phoenix Copley. Jonathan Quick, for his part, he's been uh, bad, but not awful. And I guess that's uh, that's still plenty of of reason for the door to be open for Phoenix Copley. So yeah, go. Uh, I want to grab a starting goalie. They don't they don't they don't pop up too often. Yeah, Shams is asking, would you rather him over Spencer Martin, who's currently yes. the starter in Vancouver? Yeah, Vancouver stinks, and Demko will be back at some point. So yeah, I think I'd take Copley. Me too. Impossible to predict goalies, but LA should be good, right? If they got decent, it's like Seattle last year. Like if they got decent goaltending, maybe they could do something. Uh, and they just weren't getting it. Okay. By the way, speaking of Tage Thompson, who destroyed Phoenix Copley in that one period, let's go to Buffalo quickly. Another huge week for Thompson. Didn't miss a beat with Skinner suspended, right? Like, uh, who was it? Like, Middlestad or whoever jumped onto the top line. Tage Thompson, eight points in his last three games. Tage Thompson is pacing now for 66 goals and 130 points on the season, if he keeps up his current pace. So and he's just- legit. He's very good. <laughs> There's not much to say about him. Jeff Skinner, by the way, came back on Saturday versus Arizona. A cool two goals, one assist. So get, got right back to it. Uh, didn't cross-check anyone in the face, which was a nice improvement from his last game. Uh, 
Have we talked enough about Alex Tuck, the third person on that line in power play? Tuck had three assists versus Arizona. That brings him to 34 points in 31 games on the season. You know, I said before Zuccarello was the biggest draft steal. Alex Tuck, right along with him. And he probably went even later than Zuccarello in drafts. So uh, I just got to give him a shout out. Like, is there any reason to disbelieve in what Alex Tuck is doing? Is he not really a point per game guy? I just feel like if you're playing with Tage Thompson all the time, how could you not be? Well, that's a part of it. But Alex Tuck is also really good in his own right. But at the same time, well, I'll get a bit more to that. But first, just for Tuck's personal story here, he started on the third line this year. But by the third game of the season, we were all concerned, right? Because we thought Tuck Skinner Thompson was locked in. Starts on the third line. Uh Uh-oh. But by the third game, Tuck was back on that top line and he's stuck there. Tuck is now pacing for 40 goals, which may be a touch high um, and helping him to a 90 point pace, but he's really good. All right. And that line is really freaking good. Elon, how good would you say uh, of all trios? Just, I mean, I'm, I'm already building it up, but of all line combos, of all lines in the NHL that have played together for at least 150 minutes at five on five, where do you think this line ranks in actual goals scored? Hmm. In actual, like, I just think like, like goal, s- goals per 60. Goals per 60. So I mean, I guess there's, that Dallas line is very good. Yeah. I'm going to say number two. I'm going to say number two behind Dallas. Okay. You're, you're close. They're fourth behind Dallas, the Robertson line, uh, behind the Pedersen line, believe it or not, okay. and behind the McDavid line, which oh, I think course. is really like Robertson and McDavid lines. This Buffalo line is there. They really are. They're so, so good. They rank fifth in expected goals per 60 minutes behind uh, the Kachuk line in Ottawa, the Malkin line, the Crosby line, and the Matthews line. So, like, these are all superstars, right? Maybe the Kachuk one is arguable. But Tage Thompson is a superstar right now. He's playing like one. Jeff Skinner and Alex Tuck, also extremely good hockey players. Uh, You want these guys... And uh, there's, there's not much more to say. If you can find anyone who thinks they're selling high on Alex Tuck go, or, or Jeff Skinner or Tage Thompson, go get them. I think yeah. they can largely keep up what they're doing. It's unbelievable what's going on. And then related to that is, of course, that number one defenseman on the team, Rasmus Dahlin, Phil Torius, asked us on our Discord, is Dahlin this year's Makar? Which I guess is like a bit of a vague question, but I'm going to take it as best D this year like this year's best defenseman and like yeah that's a good argument he had two assists versus arizona that brought dalene to 10 goals and 37 points in 30 games on the year which means if you were to pace that out for 82 games we'd be looking at a 27 goal 101 point pace for rasmus dalene are we at a point where you can argue that dalene is at least equal if not better than makar at this point like if you had makar and you were offered Darlene, do you take it? Like next year in drafts, is there a chance that Darlene will be picked ahead of Kale McCarr? Like I still believe strongly in Kale McCarr. I know he's been a bit cold lately, but you know, Colorado's had those injuries and like, I'm not worried about him at all, but like maybe Darlene is like just as good. Just as good as like a big statement, right? Like Kale McCarr, you're saying how he's cold and he's still pacing for like 79 points right so yawn, like, yawn that, compared to a hundred yeah i know right <laughs> and that's exactly that's and that's cold for Makar, who's paced for 92 and 82 points respectively in the two seasons before this one um and i'm not taking away anything from rasmus Dahlin, and I, I, I he's definitely in the conversation uh, it's a great question from phil and of course Dahlin, as you said elon benefits well one because he's amazing two because he spends a lot of time on the ice with that incredible line in buffalo uh, there's two things specifically contributing to Dahlin's hundred plus point pace the first is that he has 10 goals on 96 shots in 30 games so just to parse that a little bit Dalin is is shooting more on the power play he's now picking up three shots per game versus two shots per game in the last two years that's great the other piece there is that he's shooting above 10 percent so Dalin is right now pacing for 27 goals I don't see that quite holding uh he's never shot at 10% before in his career. So uh, maybe scoring a little bit more than he should to get to this 100-point-plus pace. So this is not cold water at all. Also, Dalina's 20 power play points in 30 games. In 82 games last year, Dalene had 21 power play points. So this is a crazy turn of production from Dalene. He's seeing 90 seconds a night more 
on the power play on average. One, thanks to a bigger share of time on ice on the power play, Buffalo is rolling that top unit a little more often than they were last year. And it seems like Buffalo is maybe seeing a few more power play opportunities, which is something that, uh, listener, if you wanted to, I meant to dig into it a little more before showtime, but didn't get to, uh, but that's a question I had. Uh, Anyway, Buffalo on these power plays is shooting 21%. That's, uh, that's probably high. Like, I don't think Daldine is going to pick up another 20 power play points for the next 30 games he plays. But this is still all to say, uh, take away some of the heat on Daldine and still point per game pace seems easily in reach. It's a huge season for him. Fun to watch. And he is aiming for Kale McCarr. He may not quite get all the way there, but... Darlene could prove to be the next best option. Like, I don't know who the other competition is, aside from uh, maybe our boy Eric Carlson, who's worked mm-hmm. his way back into the conversation. But I'd still take Darlene. But I might take Darlene second amongst defensemen if I was drafting today. Yeah, it would be interesting. Would he go in, like, the first round? It'll be really fun to try to come up with a, a first... Maybe that'll be an episode we do at some point. Just, like, redraft the first round and then you know, debate the picks. Cause I think it would be very different than how they went. Barkov probably won't be there. Like we discussed. Uh, okay. I guess I will quickly mention that I'm looking at gamedaytweets.com right now on the news section and Shams, I guess retweeted during the show that Corey Schneider is currently listed on the Isles roster, which doesn't bode well for Semyon Varlamov. So that's what the tweet says. So apparently it bodes Varlamov, well for Ilya Sorokin. Yeah. Though I did actually just for fun, looked up like what, Corey Schneider has been doing. You know, he's been good these past couple of years in the AHL. Like, maybe he's not totally baked. He has a 921 save percentage this year in 15 games. That's, re- that's really good. So, who knows? Maybe I'd like to see Schneider get some games. Maybe, like, remember, he was so injured. Like, he just, like, couldn't stay healthy. And then finally, when he got healthy, he couldn't play well anymore. And he was, like, you know, taken out of the league. He was, like, a just wasn't able to put together good games. What if he's, like, back to. Full strength. Like, we've seen, like, Craig Anderson at age 41, like, is having, like, a great year. He's another guy in Buffalo, by the way, who's, like, doing really well. Uh, I was like, maybe Corey Schneider, he used to be one of the top goalies in the league. So, I'd, I'll be excited to see him play a game. I'm not saying he's going to be a threat to Sorokin, but it'll be fun to see. Just saying. I'm curious. You, you know I've always had a soft spot for the guy. He's cool. Okay. Uh, speaking of goalies, what about Charlie Lindgren's run with Camper out in Washington? He's been so good. Six wins and six quality starts in his last seven games, including the big 34 save 5-2 win over Toronto yesterday. He even came close to scoring an empty net goal, just missed the net. Uh, how do you expect things to shake out when Camper is back now, which will likely be next week? Like, is this, is this the kind of thing where the Caps are just like, you know, thanks for your service. That was great. We're going to go back to the exact same split that we were doing before when Camper was healthy, where Camper was playing like the large majority of the games. Or do you think Charlie Lindgren has done enough to at least earn half the starts or like close to half the starts? And you can't even predict, right? But I'm just curious yeah. what your take. Yeah, I don't think that he's done well enough to earn half the starts because Lindgren has been good. But Kemper has been good, too. So I think all Lindgren has done has improved his standing with the organization. And maybe he gets like an extra, like a little more play than he would. But I don't know that Lindgren is going to get enough to stay relevant with a healthy Darcy Kemper. Uh, I guess the, the only flip side here is like Kemper does get injured occasionally. And maybe Washington is like, well, if we keep Kemper a little more rested, Lindgren has proven that we can, but I still don't see it becoming a timeshare here. I think Kemper, uh, like I'm not holding my breath that Lindgren works his way into something approaching a timeshare or better so long as Kemper's doing well, which he has been. So healthy Kemper playing as well as he has been for the last like few years. I, I don't see the door really open to Lindgren seeing more action, but at least he's proved that he can handle it if called upon. Yeah, and don't forget, Darcy Kemper is known to, like, miss time now and then. So I don't know if I'm, like, rushing to... If I had Charlie Lindgren, I'm not, like, dropping him now, even if I agree with Brian. I'm going to let Kemper play a couple games, if if I could afford to, right? And kind of see, make sure he's, like, at 100%. You never know what could happen. Uh, But okay, but Lindgren's... Yeah, congratulations to him. Because we were, like, when Kemper got injured, we were talking about the other goalie and being, like, Lindgren hasn't even been that good. So maybe uh, Hunter Shepard would get a shot. Shepard didn't even get in the game because Lindgren just kept doing so well. Uh, we've also got an injury here in Washington. TJ Oshie, day-to-day after exiting last night's game against the Maple Leafs. 
so yeah, uh, apparently it's just day to day. So we don't know yet. Um, Marcus Johansson jumped on the top power play in Oshie's absence. So maybe someone to look at as a deep stream. I don't know. But who who would you take on? If I want to bring up some people on Washington right now, there's a lot of like people available in free agency in a lot of leagues that are like getting like top line and or top power play, right? Like Dylan Strom, uh, Connor. Sh- so Dylan Strom has been on the top line and top power play playing with Ovi. Uh, Connor Sherry on the top line. Now we've got Marcus Johansson on the top power play. And I guess one thing that kind of complicates this a little bit is Nicholas Backstrom has been skating. So at some point he'll come back and maybe he bumps Strom or Kuznetsov. That's like later down the road, right? Uh, but it, it, short term for next week, do you have a pick of like Strom, Sherry, or now like Marcus Johansson, assuming TJ Oshie is still out? I think I would take Strom first and then Sherry and then Marcus Johansson. Like Strom, yeah, he's, not even, he's not even that cold. He's doing great since I traded him for Jeff Petrie. Uh, mm. as a matter of fact uh like he's a frustrating guy because he's not so consistent but dylan strom is is, is pretty decent and, and connor sherry has also been quite rosterable uh for a good stretch now and marcus johansson of course would have to like beat either of those guys with that power play one deployment which isn't even a guarantee for points so yeah there's it sounds like you agree so not not a whole lot of justification needed Mm-hmm. yeah the only thing with strome and, and sherry at this point is like i watched that game versus toronto and it's like they're going out of their way to feed Ovi so that he can get that like goal to tie gordy howe for second overall so i feel like just don't expect any goals from Sh- i feel like it's just like they'll be mad at them if they score like if strome scores be like why did you score you should have passed to Ovi to score so i, I don't know i feel like they're gonna be passing a lot more uh, the, uh regarding backstrom i've seen some people already rushing to stash him in their irs just a reminder and i'm not like i love nicholas Backstrom. he's had such an amazing career but just a reminder he only had 31 points in 47 games last year that's only a 54 point pace he wasn't shooting much so he really wasn't rosterable in a league like the Cupful. so you know stash him if you can like doesn't hurt but like i wouldn't be surprised if you stash him in your ir then he comes back and then like after a couple weeks you end up dropping him so you know don't get like don't get too crazy i think just because from what we saw last year unless he's like now like extra healed and back to the nicholas backstrom of old like i would just be concerned that he's more of like a jonathan taves at this point yeah i think that's a a pretty good comp for backstrom like i'm holding off he didn't look great Last year, he's starting late in the season, still older, coming back from another big injury. I'm not sure what Backstrom's got into him. Like, if it costs you nothing, go ahead and stash him. But if it costs you something, I don't think you need to. Okay, yeah. And you don't need to be maybe so, so... Well, but he might still, like, bump Dylan Strom or Kuznetsov yeah, to the third e- line. But even when he was bumping players last season, it's not like he was really consistently successful with that. No, I, I'm with you. I'm yeah. saying more like I'm worried about those other guys, not as oh, much like that I'm so yes. excited about him. Right. Well, and let's wait. Like, for, I don't think that's something like maybe if you want to sell on Dylan Strom or Connor Sherry because Nicholas Backstrom will return one day you or Kuznetsov. Like, maybe you want to consider that. I guess that, that's, that is, that's a good angle here, Elon, although I, I don't know that I would really do it until I saw something happen. It's not like those guys are worth so much right now anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so just ride it for now. Okay, uh, Taylor Hall, I know we just talked about him recently, just still red hot in Boston, despite his like line three power play to deployment, like a real Kevin Fiala here. He's currently riding a four game point streak, six shots versus Columbus in the win Saturday. Uh, we had a question from Mops, one of our patrons. Is Taylor Hall a hold, or do I try to sell high while he's hot? And if so, do you have any trade target suggestions? Uh, I have a suggestion, Brian. Did you want to answer that first, or do you want me to give you my suggestion as a trade target? I'd be curious to get your comparison. Um, well, I'm curious about the trade suggestion now, so give me okay. that. Yeah, I'll give you that. How about this? What if you offer Taylor Hall for his teammate patrice bergeron who's currently cold at the Good moment luck well bergeron only has one goal and no assists in his last six games bergeron only has 22 points in 30 games on the season for a 60 point pace meanwhile taylor hall getting multi-point games game in game out i think there's a sales pitch to be made that bergeron and like i'm asking you also this right like bergeron's 37 maybe he's finally slowing down or maybe you've looked into it and it's just bad variance i'm curious to know is Ber- so you're basically it sounds like you're saying like you do agree with trading Taylor Hall and good luck. You won't even get Patrice Bergeron. You have to set your sights lower. Won't even get Patrice. Like, I I think that's okay. Okay. There's like, there's layers here. So first let me start with Taylor Hall. Um, I honestly, Elon, I give up. I really do. And I don't know if I'm allowed to as a host of like this fantasy hockey podcast, if I'm just allowed to like say there Hall is one of, 
a very small group, maybe the only member of the group right now. Braden Shen's always also someone that I always struggle with, but like, I don't know what to do about Taylor Hall right now. Like, I can't imagine he's long for this success given the deployment he has, but those shots are coming. So like, yeah, Taylor Hall is a hold in the short term, but I would hold him the same way that I'd hold anybody who like I stream in and has success, like a Kirby doc again, for another example, it's like, okay, do well for me while you're here. And when you're not, I'm not holding on and suffering through whatever cold streak comes next. So that's my feeling on Taylor Hall right now. Um, Patrice Bergeron, like, yeah, honestly, I hadn't noticed how much Bergeron had been struggling so far this year, down to that 60-point pace, just seven points in Bergeron's last 14 games. That goes back for a month. Bergeron's still taking, like, just over three shots per game, which is good. It's not as good as last year, but last year was a step up above anything else we've ever really seen from him. So this is still good for Bergeron, but he's only shooting 5%, and Boston is shooting 5.5% at five on five with Bergeron on the ice. So all of that's hurting Bergeron. Also, Bergeron is without a power play point since November 25th. That's 10 games ago. Boston's been scoring on the power play, but Bergeron has just not been getting in on the action. So I, I, if you can get Bergeron for a haul, yeah, do it. I think Bergeron is still good. I think he's good by low opportunity. I look at him as still the 70-point player we expected him to be, even though right now he's only pacing for 60 and has been a half-point-per-game player for basically a month. Um, but yeah, I would be very happy to do that deal. Some couple trades, Elon, that maybe will help give us some context here. Um, Patrice Bergeron was traded for Joel Erickson Eck in tier eight Knockbauer. And we had uh, Taylor Hall traded like today, I think in tier three for Lunda for Stuart Skinner straight up. Hmm. I yeah, think I mean, if, well, if I had Hall, I would trade him for Stuart Skinner for some goaltending help. And if I had, uh, like, Erickson Eck and Bergeron, that's a really interesting one. Bergeron's upside is bigger than Erickson Eck, but Erickson Eck, he seems more reliable so far this year. Yeah, Erickson Eck's been uh, very consistent. I think I'd prefer Bergeron, but I could Me see too. a reason to, at some point, think Bergeron's going to slow down, but... I don't know. I, I think I agree with you that he's going to probably bounce back. One guy that I don't think is going to bounce back is Hampus Lindholm. He's also slowed significantly after a hot start, especially since McAvoy returned. I feel like there was some talk on like maybe our shows, like Short Shifts and some other podcasts, like maybe Lindholm can still keep up what he was doing even with McAvoy back. But no, it, it hasn't happened, right? He had, a, he had a power play assist versus Columbus uh, on Saturday, but that was his first point in four games. He only has three assists in his last 13 games overall and no goals are we at a point now where you're snoozing if you're holding Hampus Lindholm like let's say you've been holding him and like Brady Shea still out there in free agency come on how could you hold Hampus Lindholm and not grab red hot Brady Shea who also shoots you should if you have Hampus Lindholm uh that's a streamer spot everybody like I think Lindholm still did well for like two games or three games like really well noticeably well after McAvoy returned I was like oh maybe this but I, I, we really need to update that take to say Hampus Lindholm is a snoozer and move on. Go get the hottest D available and then cycle that guy out when he cools down too. Yeah. Okay. And we're actually going to get to another really hot D, maybe the hottest D available. When I say hot D, I think of House of the Dragon. That's the. Also, there's a, there's a restaurant in Toronto called Hair of the Dog, which I've also called hot D in the past. So it's fun saying hot D. There's also another thing it could mean that I'm not going to say on the show is we're going to get to a very hot defenseman that you'll probably want to drop Hampus home for. I guess Brian will let us know in just a sec. You're listening to Keevan Carlson. All right, we are back. Brian, did you watch House of the Dragon? I'm sure no, right? No. Did you watch the original Game of Thrones? No. You're not into that stuff. Okay, that's cool. I, All right, I, so. It's a lot of, it's a big investment. Sure. Yeah. Well, the, you could just watch House of the Dragon and that's only like eight episodes or whatever. Does it spoil any of Game of Thrones? No, it's like a prequel. It takes place like uh, hundreds of years before. So if you could, if you knew, if you've watched both and you could choose one to watch first, which (laughs) one would you watch first? Well, I mean, Game of Thrones, like you said, is a big commitment. Also, without spoiling, some people, myself included, feel like Game of Thrones didn't exactly stick the landing at the very end. So you might, it depends. I'm like the type of person that like, if I enjoyed a show all the way through, I'm not going to like change my mind and be like, it's a bad show just because it had a bad ending. Okay. But which to watch first? I'm saying you should watch House of the Dragon. I'm saying 
Okay. Because you could just watch it and no, you'll be done. No, but that's not the question. Assume I'm going to watch both. Which one would I start with? <laughs> I'll just say House of the Dragon. It's better. <laughs> it's newer. It's like maybe they le- the writers learned their lessons about how to end. Like, I don't know how it's going to end, right? It's only been one season. But Is that how you feel about Star Wars 2? Ugh, I don't like Star... Well, okay, look, I don't want to get flamed here. Like, I think Star Wars is fine, but it's, like, overrated. I don't really want to talk about Star Wars. Everyone's, like, too obsessed with Star Wars. I think. Okay. Don't, don't mess with <laughs> just being like, yeah, but Andor is really good. Like, I don't... Fine. There's a lot of good shows out there. Maybe I'll watch Andor one day. I know people say it's good. This is the most dangerous minute of Keeping Carlson we've ever <laughs> released. All right, so anyway, back to the hot D that I wanted to talk about. It's Keandre Miller. He's on fire on the Rangers. He had a goal and assist versus Philly on Saturday. That brought him to seven points in his last six games. I guess the Rangers did play today, and they won 7-1 to one versus Chicago. So I'm assuming... No, actually. Well, that, that takes the wind out of my sails. No points for Keandre Miller today. But still, that's seven points in his last seven games. That's also with big hits and blocks numbers. Did he get some hits and blocks today? Zero blocks. Three hits. Okay, three hits. Kendrick Miller, come on. I'm trying to like build you up here on the show and you give me this like clunker with seven goals. Anyway, uh, I watched the start of this hot streak and didn't add him in any of my leagues. I'm curious to know, like, was this a blunder? Like, do you think now we're at a point where Kendrick Miller is going to be rostered for the rest of the season? And in all these leagues, I'll be like, man, I wish I added Kendrick Miller when I had the chance. Cause like I saw him like a couple games into the hot streak and I just thought to myself, eh, he doesn't get a lot of power play time. I'm not into him. But, like some defensemen, like, like Jacob Truba used to not get much power play time and he was still worth adding. So anyway, I don't know. What do you think about Kandre Miller and the streak he's on? Would you drop Hampus Lindholm for him? Yeah, well, because I would drop Hampus Lindholm for anyone, right? Uh, So that's why I would do that. But Kandre Miller, uh, coming into tonight's game, he'd been on the ice for five goals in two games and he pointed on all of them. So I I think it's really just a heater, a la Brady Shea, Jacob Slavin, Dimitri Orlov. Like, name your guy who comes up on the show regularly over the last few years who's generally, like, in the top four, uh, doesn't have a lot of offensive upside, but occasionally gets hot and goes on a streak. I think that's that's all we're looking at Kandri Miller for right now. Yeah, I'll just sort out though that I still like Jacob Slavin. Wait, not Jacob Slavin. What? No, Brady Shea. Brady Shea. I no. know you love Brady Shea. You yeah. always okay. do. He'll cool down, but it's great. Love him now. Maybe he's a hold. Like I don't think he's gonna like score points all season but i think he's a he's taking a lot of shots you know me i love a defenseman who takes shots it's rare it's hard to find in free agency yeah and he's rarely done it for more than like a week or two at a time so let's see maybe this will be the time he does it longer yeah maybe okay uh what are we talking about here so that's Kandre miller oh yeah since we're on the rangers i wanted to ask you about chris Kreider. he was on a stretch of only one goal and no assist in his last five games no way he didn't get a point in this game where the rangers scored seven right let me see here Kreider. no point Chris, I don't know who did get points actually in this game because I'm looking at my lineup. I streamed in <laughs> Barkley Goodrow with my last ad of the week. Uh, he also did not no point on seven goals. Okay, here's who got points Panarin, three points. Chocek, two points. Lafreniere, Kako, Heedle, and Zabanajad, all with multi point games. Adam Fox, three assists. Those are your multi pointers. So, yeah, still some good. The Rangers have a lot of good players. <laughs> yeah. But not Chris Kreider lately. What's going on with him? Now that's like now only one goal and no assists in six games. Should people be worried? Like he's been playing not with Zibanejad, right? Like he's been playing with Trocek and VC. That can't be good for him. He's still on the top power play. But I don't know. I'd be kind of not so happy if I have Kreider and he's not only cold, but not playing with Zibanejad. No, it's not a great situation for Kreider. He's shooting a little less lightly, but but I think Kreider's low shooting percentage is really just like a bad bad variance right now. I think that's the big culprit and the only reason why we're noticing Kreider is like feeling like a concern. Although we are seeing lines blend a bit in in New York and Elon, this lot this stretch of Kreider struggling to score. Uh, and shooting a little less has coincided with him moving to play with VC and Trocheck. So we'll we'll see if that line holds and if it does if if his shots don't come back the way they have been for the last season in a bit then yeah it's time to get a little concerned about chris Kreider. i don't think yet he also in this stretch has played three games where he's seen 80 seconds or less of power play time that's Kreider's bread and butter so not having those power play opportunities uh, on a consistent basis has not helped him so i i think this is just a blip for chris Kreider, but um I think it's it's a situation to monitor over the next week or two if these lines hold. Yeah, and you mentioned Barclay Goodrow. Seemed like a good stream for you. He's playing with Zabanajad and Panarin. That's a pretty sweet line to be on. So uh, if, if that sticks, I could see him getting 
a point or two next week. Like, don't, don't fall over yourself to get him. But when he plays, I think he'll probably do something. Uh, okay, let's go to another amazing defenseman who's like much more exciting even than Kandre Miller. And I'll even say it, even more exciting than Brady Shea, Brian, uh, Shane Gossesbeher over in Arizona doing so well. He has scored a goal in two straight games. He's now up to 23 points in 29 games on the season. That leaves Gostaspeher currently with a 65-point pace. And this was all during that crazy road stretch, right? Where like most Arizona players weren't even doing that well. You were saying on the show, you expect Arizona overall to like do better for the rest of the year now that they get some home games. So that does that mean that this 65-point pace from Shane Gossespair even has room to grow? Uh, if you recall, his career high was 64 points back in 2017-18. Do you think that Gossespair is going to beat his career high this year and I guess continue the 65-point pace or do even better? Oh, God, he sure seems poised to, right? Like, he's gotten a, a good chunk of the way. Uh, and this is after Goss Bear. Like, he had a huge start to the season, got everyone's attention. And then the last time we talked about him, Elon, he was, like, ice cold. Goss Bear had just had two points in a 10-game stretch after his hot start. Thankfully, that ends up just being the middle of the season, bookended by these two streaks. Now that Goss Bear has picked up 13 points in his last 12 games four goals and nine assists only three of those coming on the power play too so not even like heavily relying on the power play but he is shooting 20 percent in this stretch he's not even taking two shots per game but has four goals on 22 shots over the last 12 games this is a nice uh, nice heater for a formerly ice cold Shane Gostas bear honestly he looks pretty good overall like I don't think 65 point pace is going to bear out the rest of the way but 50 55 point pace could be good which still makes him like a huge he's found money for anybody who either added Gosses Bear out of free agency early or drafted him late, a uh, really great guy to have on a fantasy roster. So way to go, Gosses Bear. Yeah, but you don't think he's going to beat his career high this year. One thing to consider is he is a UFA at the end of the year, I believe. Maybe uh, someone could fact check me on that. But like uh, the Coyotes, I remember there was rumors that they were going to trade him at the deadline or try to. You'd imagine he'd get a really big return. You don't like, especially if a team like Toronto, let's say they find out Morgan Riley is going to be out like really long term. How great would Gossip Bear fit in uh, to take over on their top power play? So and that and that could be really huge for him, and he could do better. So I wonder if now's even a time to try to acquire him, or maybe things could get worse. I guess it would depend where he goes and if he would hold a top power play spot. Uh, another defenseman on the team that's also getting great deployment and doing really well is Jacob Chickern, right? Like twelve points in thirteen games now. Coyotes were definitely smart to not trade him in the off season. Like maybe some people would say it was a bit of a risk. He was injured. What if he came back and he wasn't the same and his value would go down? But no, he's they healed him. He's back. I don't even know what the return is going to be now because he has that great contract. I really am excited to see. Or maybe they could just hold him. I don't know. <laughs> like maybe I don't they, think that's going to happen. That's not going like, to happen. It seems too acrimonious between Shikrin and the Coyotes. Although we said that about Tarasenko and look at them now. Shikrin, look, he, he's he's taken four shots a game. That's awesome. His on-ice shooting percentage is, is high, 11.5% at 5-on-5. Five five. So I think it's powering some of these points. He's not quite as good as he's looking, but this is what the Coyotes hoped would happen, right? They're going to keep their ask the same as it was over the summer, which was like, I don't know, was it like three good picks in a prospect? Or something? Like they want a ransom for, for Jacob Shikrin. So we'll see if they're able to get it with the way Shikrin is playing. It's nice to see some life in the guy after, yeah, he was basically injured and he was not rushing back. He was going to make sure he was fully healed. Uh, he was in, like, there's no extra loyalty to the team there coming through. Um, I, I guess we'll see if Shikrin moves somewhere else. He's kind of committed there, unless uh, the Coyotes find a team willing to pay up. I mean, the way he's playing, it looks like teams should. Like, he seems like the kind of guy you could build a team around, from what I'm seeing. Uh, by the way, uh, p- first ever patron, Patty, wanted us to talk about this guy, Matias Michelli. Actually, I said I would talk about him last week, and then we ran out of time. So I apologize for that. But he's continued to produce. Uh, Michelli is up to now two goals and 19 assists in 27 games. So that's a 64-point pace, mostly from assists. Uh, he's been playing with Bjugstad and Lawson Kraus and on the second power play. So this is, like, not super exciting deployment this kind of reminds me of anthony sorelli but like sorelli he's still getting lots of assists right he's getting a decent number of power play time uh this power play two is actually like a pretty even power play if you look at the splits most games so yeah michelli kind of feels a little rob thomasy i guess rob thomas light right no perifs barely any shots or goals but he's getting assists pretty consistently so what do you think brian is he going to keep up this assist pace and get like 60 points on the year mainly from assists or is it unsustainable also 
Who who is he? Who is Matias Michelli? I never heard of him before the season. Well, you're talking Calder candidates. Matias Michelli, just two points back of Maddie Beniers for the rookie scoring lead. It's a really oh, wow. odd. I didn't list. even know he was a rookie. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's 22 years old. Uh, he was born in the year 2000. He's from Finland and played a couple years in Finland's top league. Uh, with like, I mean, he was. He was young. He was a teenager. So, he, but his numbers were good given his age. Then he came over. Michelli came over to North America uh, last season. Played for Tucson of the AHL and had 57 points in 47 games. Assist heavy. A uh, few goals along the way, and that's how he's playing so far in Arizona. Just two goals in 27 games, but 19 assists for 21 points in 27 games for Matias Michelli. He's a he's a smaller build, and I guess uh, he's a pass first setup guy like Michelli barely shoots um and there's a couple reasons why he's doing so well the first is that he's been in on 80 percent of the goals scored while he's on the ice at five on five um and his team is shooting 10 percent when he's on the ice at five on five so put that together there's some uh, there's a lot of points coming from there and probably not a terribly sustainable way another unsustainable way that michelle picking up points right now is his eight power play points i guess like he's had turns on the top unit but right now he's on a 24 full season power play point pace. And I just don't see that happening given that he is definitely on the second unit at the moment. And I imagine he stays there. So great start for Michelli this year. A nice little story drafted in the fourth round, 98th overall back in 2019 by the Coyotes. So made his way to the big, still young. So maybe he does have like some potential career ahead of him as like a really great setup guy. Uh, but again, a hard guy to roster because he just does not shoot the puck. Uh, and he's also been producing above what we should expect him to produce the rest of the season. All right. So yeah, stream him in for an assist every now and then. We're probably not someone you're going to want to hold in a bangers or multi-category league. But in a points-only league, yeah, like don't, don't disregard him completely because he, he keeps on racking up those apples. Uh, Brian, one more hot defenseman. I'm not going to say the phrase anymore. Because people are talking now about Star Wars in the chat and like it's getting to be a whole thing. It's not even about Star Wars. That's like a very like classic if you want to make fun of people like, you know, you know, they're like the trope of like the person who says the thing to annoy the nerds in the movie. So, you know, like if they mix up Star Wars and Game of Thrones, I feel like that would be the type of thing that would like. It would be a joke in a show or something. What am I talking? Okay, I want to talk about Tyson Berry. He's really, he's up to twelve assists in his last eight games. Ten of those assists have come on the power play. So basically, he only gets points on the power play, which normally you'd be like, well, how many points can he get then? The answer is a lot. Okay, because Edmonton scores a lot of power play goals, and he's been getting in on all of them lately. Is like, should we say this is like not sustainable because it's only power play and it's gonna run out, or is like the fact that he always starts, you know, with the puck? passes it to McDavid or some of R&H, then he passes it to Dreisaitl and he scores. And like Barry just gets an assist every single time. Like, are we just gonna, should we just assume he's back to like the Barry from a couple seasons ago when he got 70 points? I don't know. Like it's completely safe to assume that, but basically Tyson Barry racking up points on the top power play is, is what you want to see. And the sky's the limit for a power play one quarterback in Edmonton who's working well on that unit. So I think all all you got to do is enjoy Anyone who got Barry for value late in the draft when it looked so dangerous to to take him because Bouchard might even start the year on the top power play. That didn't happen. Barry is loving life on the top unit of the power play in Edmonton. And there's a... I, I don't know what else there is to say. Elon, yeah. he plays with... Well, just that there's no reason to expect that he'll lose it because he's doing yeah, so well there. Exactly. Yeah. Good for him. It's amazing. Uh, sucky for Bouchard. Brian, I traded Bouchard in our league. I, I kept him this year in our keep eight and I traded him for Tara Vinen, And then I wanted to drop Tara Vinen because he was doing so badly. But now actually Tara Vinen is doing okay. How did, how did Tara Vinen do today? Uh, Carolina played. Because he's someone who was like super cold. You know, then, then he had a goal and assist versus Dallas. Oh, now pointless again versus Pittsburgh. About three shots. I'll take it. Something. The only, the only question to me that's relevant about Tevo Teravainen is, is he on the top unit? And uh, the answer appears to be yes for three of but, the last four games. Yeah, but that's with Sebastian Ajo injured. So hopefully yeah. this is like enough to say that when Ajo comes back, Teravainen gets to hold the top power play. That'll be interesting. That'll be a storyline. I will be very interested 
in following. Okay, let's go to Anaheim. Uh, Jacobs, one of our patrons, wanted us to look into Frank Vetrano. He, he wrote to us, Vetrano's second game, playing 20-plus minutes, shooting a lot. Has anything changed? Uh, Vetrano had an assist versus Edmonton yesterday. He had a goal and assist versus Montreal. So he's on a, a short little run, playing on a line with Strom and Silverberg and on the second power play. Brian, you just went on a whole thing about how Anaheim is like not that good and, and you shouldn't be too interested in their players in general. But like as like a one of these, you know, all Matias Michelli types, like someone who's probably available in free agency, are you interested at all in Frank Vitrano and this recent surge in ice time in production? Yeah, I am. I think Vitrano is at least adding worth adding to your watch list for a stream. He's he's a rare forward who blocks like he'll, like a block a game, but still that helps. He also throws a couple hits a night and takes a few shots a night lately, including a seven shot and a five shot game over the course of Vitrano's last four. And as Jacobs man- mentioned. Uh, three consecutive games now where Vetrano has played 21 and a half minutes or more. And that is coming largely at five on five. Like he's had a pretty big PK and steady power play two roles through the seasons. That hasn't changed. Um, I think a couple of these games, like there's been a little more shorthanded time than uh, he would normally see. And I'm taking maybe a few more penalties in a night, but still uh, big minutes. And this is a guy when he's on the ice, he does stuff that fills categories. So yeah, I'm at least interested in uh, taking a peek at Vitrano for a stream. Okay. And then you already kind of talked about Trevor Zegers and saying how you're like a little concerned about him. Troy Terry's also cold, right? Like Zegers had two assists versus Montreal, but only a goal and two assists in his last seven games. And Troy Terry scored a goal versus Montreal, but that's his only point in five games. Both are looking like pretty good before this current dip. But yeah, you said you're concerned about Zegers. I guess, does that also carry over to Troy Terry that he's not going to be able to get back to his early season production? Um, I'll be honest, not as much. Like Troy Terry seems to be at least holding the fort better than Trevor Zegers has uh like terry's still on this 72 point pace which is really good and his numbers when he like are very similar to last season where he put up a 73 point pace and this is all uh despite putting up only seven power play points over 32 games from the top unit so that seems uh pretty solid for troy terry and i don't actually have this like if you could uh uh elon i'm blanking who is the barzal trade for Oh, for Zegers. Uh, sorry. Yeah. It was for Zegers. I was trying to remember who the Barzell piece was. If you could do Barzell for Terry, uh, I bet you could win the off night game battle there. Yeah. Well, I don't have either of them. But yeah, in theory, yeah. So yeah. you're saying if you have Barzell, go after Terry. Well, so don't tell Jordan because he's going to. Well, you don't have to go after Terry. But like, it, like I think it's probably a wash at the end of the day. But if, if, if it really helps you get games in and your lineups are, are squeezed every night because of your roster, then yeah, I think you. Uh, you could do well. I, I'm basically saying, look, I, I like what I see from Terry more than Zegras. Where I'm concerned about Zegras, I am not so concerned about Troy Terry. Okay, good to know. Plus, always nice to get that winger eligibility in fantasy. Uh, okay, so over in Philly, <laughs> it's just crazy what's going on. I think we already talked about this earlier. Kevin Hayes is getting scratched. He's having an amazing season. Then got stapled to the bench midway uh, through Thursday's game versus New Jersey. They didn't get to play at all on Saturday. Hayes is still sitting at 29 points in 31 games overall. Uh, The good news is Philly was beaten by the Rangers 6-3 in this game that Hayes was scratched. So I'd imagine that's enough, right? It's not like, you know, you get more concerned if the player gets healthy scratched and the team does really well. It's like, oh, maybe we don't need him. But no, they need Kevin Hayes. Of course, Couturier is out. They need this guy. Uh, So... Uh, would you be worried about it if you have Hayes? Is it now like, oh, now he's someone that you kind of want to dump like in a trade or do something with because he's in the doghouse? Or do you think like he's learned his lesson now Tortorella is just going to go back to playing him like he was before? <laughs> I guess I'm I, asking you to predict Tortorella, which is like yeah, impossible. Yeah, well, that's it. Like, I don't know what Tortorella's specific beef is with Kevin Hayes. He Like, Tortorella continues to have like some kind of disdain for anyone looking for information about the team that he coaches. It's like, oh, it's between me and him. It's a player, whatever. Uh, I don't know. Elon, I think it's ridiculous. Like, this is what Tortorella does, right? He comes in, he shouts a lot, talks about changing the culture. Then suddenly you've got random guys getting scratched. Like, Kevin Hayes has basically saved that team. Like, he and Carter Hart together have been the only reason why Philadelphia has even been semi-respectable this year. So I don't know the whole story about why Tortorella has gone this far to scratch Kevin Hayes, but it's ridiculous. Uh, And uh, unfortunate for anybody who rosters Kevin Hayes. All you can hope is that everything steadies out soon and Tortorella realizes he needs Kevin Hayes probably more than Kevin Hayes needs Tortorella. 
Hmm. Yeah, I guess Hayes is locked in long term on a contract. So I guess he's like, if you want to pay me, but these are professional athletes, I guess they think differently. I would definitely be like, if you want to pay me to sit on the bench, then cool. I'll do some uh, checking on my fantasy hockey teams. Okay, JVR, by the way, speaking of Philly, I think Tortorella loves him right now. And he's looking really good since his return from injury. He scored versus the Rangers for his third time in four games. We're now looking at three goals and three assists in his last four games for James Van Riemsdyk. Still widely available. I know, like, uh, we talked about him before. We kind of scoffed at him, kind of like Anthony Sorelli. Do we have to change our take on JVR? Is he someone you want to go and grab if he's still out there? Well, he has uh, three sh- three goals on his last 14 shots for James Van Riemsdyk. Uh, it's great that he's taken 14 shots over his last four games. Van Riemsdyk has not taken this many shots or really seen this many minutes on a consistent basis over the last several seasons. So right now he is, and he's seeing uh, top unit power play time, which is reason to, yeah, have a, like, I'd put Van Riemsdyk sort of in the, in the Vetrano class, like put him on your watch list, consider streaming him in. Uh, Vetrano's better at filling other categories, like hits and blocks. But if you're looking for shots and goals, then uh, you could take a chance on James Van Riemsdyk, although I wouldn't want to rely too heavily on him for anything. Yeah, since we're on Philly, uh, Shams is saying in the chat, Travis Konechny needs some love. Yeah, he's great. 26 points in 26 games. So. He's good. You you he's... give him love all the time. Yeah, and I think I've done I do. Like, you're like, <laughs> how is, like, I think you've mentioned his percent roster. And we're like, what's it going to take for everybody to roster Travis Konechny? Yeah, I like him almost as much as Brock Nelson relative to the rostered percentage. Uh, okay, a couple defensemen cold streaks now because we did defensemen hot streaks earlier. First in Philly, Ivan Provorov has totally disappeared, kind of like Hampus Lindholm, but like even worse, right? He was really good at the start, but is now pointless in six, hardly getting any power play time, especially with D'Angelo back and Cam York sticking in the lineup. So Provorov, I'm curious to know if he's someone that you would drop at this point or consider a streamer spot. And then another cold D over in St. Louis, Justin Falk, pointless in five after he started the year with 18 points in 26 games. Curious to get a ranking here. Let's say we had Falk, Hampus Lindholm, Provorov. Who's like got the best chance to bounce back rest of season? Oh, um, I'll go Justin Falk. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. And Provorov second and Lindholm third but I really don't expect anything from number two and three on that list I know Provorov started the season pretty well um but basically outside of his first five games Provorov has seven points in the uh 27 games that have followed uh he's barely shooting he's not consistently hitting there's like some blocks but I don't see any reason to still have Ivan Provorov on your roster and Justin Falk, like, what is it that makes you think that he's going to bounce back from this pointless streak? I don't know. It's hard. It's... Yeah. Let me. I mean, I'm with again. you, by the way. I, I like Justin Falk a lot. And I like. He's still he's... shooting and yeah. he's still hitting and the blocks are also there, maybe in a small amount. But like, he's still doing enough to fill other categories while he's cold. Like, up until this cold snap, Falk hadn't been pointless for more than three games at a time. Uh, and even then, like, that only happened twice this year so now that he's pointless in five i'm not uh i'm not you know screaming the sky is falling on justin falk like you just have to have the right expectation for him which is maybe about a 45 point pace can help you fill some categories and that's who justin falk is enjoy him for that i like that he gets power play time also compared to those other two so yeah maybe someone if you if you need d desperately now would be a good time to like not have to pay a lot and get someone solid like Falk. All right, let's end the show over in Seattle, where Underpants Gnomes asked us to talk about Beneers, Maddie Beneers. Uh, he asked, time to drop. Please say yes so he could go on another run. Thanks. Yeah, we talked about Beneers being cold on the podcast before. Then he went hot. Uh, now he is cold once again. He had a goal and an assist versus Florida in a game last week. But aside from that, nothing for a while. I guess like there's the Seattle game happening right now versus Winnipeg, which they just won. Look at that. I guess Grubauer would have given you positive points after all. He stopped 15 of 17 in a 3-2 win. And how did Matty Beneers do of the three goals he got in on? Nothing! Absolutely nothing! But he did. He was a plus two, so he was on the ice. So I guess he just sort of... Yes! Uh, he missed out. But, like, clearly he was part of something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, Brian, are we, like, once again going to say that now this is the time that you can let go of Beneers? Or have we learned our lesson and it's likely that he'll still... Uh, go on another run at some point soon and end up like he's on a 65 point pace this season maybe he falls to 60 but i i still i see him as a 60 point guy yeah and he's still well lately he's not he's not yeah i don't know this is me trying to say 
to avoid the trap that I fell into last time, which is like, yeah, ditch Beneers. Then he rattled off like, what was it? Four multi-point games and five nights. Um, it seems like this has been a pattern this year. Do good, go cold, do really good, go cold. So I'm hoping the next step for Maddie Beneers is do good. It seems that, like consistent scoring from anyone in Seattle has been a, a big ask. And I don't know if it's like the system they play or just the caliber of player there. Um, but I will I will trust Maddie Beneers to uh, to say that hold like I don't know it depends how desperate you are right I'm hoping that this is not the end of Matty Beneers how about that I think he still has some scoring in him you said that he's now fallen to a 63 point pace yeah maybe he uh he ends ends the season 60 point pace rest of the way from here that would be nice so I'm still hopeful that's that's within reach I mean, he's young, he has a crazy high pedigree, he's, like, getting great deployment, so if anyone could bounce back from this, it's, it's definitely him. Like, it's, he's a rookie, right? So he's going to have some ups and downs, and Seattle's kind of a weird team, but I definitely still believe in Matty Beneers. And Brian, with that, we have made it through our planned slate for this episode. What a fun couple hours it has been. Hopefully, everyone has enjoyed this show. If you like the show, we'd love to hear from you. If you don't like the show, also, we'd like to hear from you, because we're, we're open to feedback, right? Like, what would you like to see changed? Hopefully, you could be, like, nice about it, you know? you know we have feelings but anyways but if you like the show uh we'd love a five-star review on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts you know these these reviews help people find the show doesn't cost you a thing if you are willing to reach into your pocket a little bit give us a little bonus for the content we've given you in 2022 uh you could become a patron of keeping carlson for five bucks us a month we give you everything we have right so that's like you come into our community have a blast there we have our monthly patron cast oh brian we're doing a patron cast on wednesday and we have a lot of crazy good questions for that. So that's going to be fun. Uh, I, I should post that. I'll post that today, I guess, in the Discord so people have some time to uh, mark off their calendars. Uh, then there's other perks too. Check it out, keepingcarlson.com slash patron. We'd love to have you aboard. Uh, with that though, Brian, I guess I'm good for rambling on this episode. So I'll hand it over to you as we cue the outro music. And why don't you go ahead and read us the credits. All right, this episode of the Keeping Carlson Fantasy Hockey Podcast was presented by Dauber Hockey and powered by our amazing, incredible, beautiful patrons, including our super supporters, uh, Ricard, Rob, David, Derek, Ryan, Tom, Andrea, Tyler, Aaron, and of course, our first ever, Patty. Thank you all so much for your support. Thank you to Kevin A. Bear, our Cupful coordinator and our amazing team of co-commissions helping, like, the Cupful KKUPFL.com, is an active league. We have 600 managers and they are all paying attention to their teams. And if they're not, we replace them. Like, and if you are one of those managers and you're having a hard time, that's cool. Like, we'll let us know. We'll, we'll help replace you and we'll get you set up. If you want to try again, like next year, later in the year. Anyway, it's a really tight league. I got to say, I'm proud of what we put together. Elon, if you want to perhaps get in on managing a team at some point this year, there's a decent chance there will be a team for you to sort of take over and run the rest of the season. So consider doing that by heading over to keepingcarlson.com slash patron. Uh, Thank you, Shams, for keeping the amazing stream of fantasy news rolling. And of course, you too, Elon, at gamedaytweets.com. Ben and Lewis, thank you for your Short Shifts episodes. Follow them at Short Shifts KK. Dave, thank you for your Stream Scheme episodes. Follow him at NHL Stream Scheme. Logo art by BrandonWeeb.com. Outro music by Pat Roach. This episode was researched with help from Dauber Hockey, Frozen Tools, Dauber Prospects, Natural Statric involving Hockey Cap Friendly, The Athletic, HockeyGoalies.org, Hockey Reference, Hockey Viz, Hockey Database, Elite Prospects, and Yahoo! Great job, Brian. Oh, yeah, when you mentioned short shifts, remember, I just remembered, like, we, there was a really great guest. We had Nate from Apples and Genos on the last short yeah. shift. He did an amazing job. Yeah, thanks so much, Nate, for coming on. Yeah, Ben and Lewis are great. Uh, yeah, we're just going to keep dropping shows. Like I said, we still don't know if Megaphone, who hosts the show, is, like, properly distributing them. So hopefully you're listening to this on Monday and not, like, on, like, Thursday or something. I'd be really mad if you're listening to this on Thursday, unless you chose to, of course. But anyways. Blah, blah, blah. Great job, Brian. Like I said, and looking forward to uh, getting back in your ears next weekend. Until then, enjoy the rest of our slate of shows. Uh, yeah. Bye. Oh, Brian, what, what, yeah. catchphrase time. What, what should we do while we're you enjoying the holidays? Listen to those shows. Enjoy the holidays. If, if you happen to celebrate any of the ones happening right now, uh, remember that uh, in any way you can, you know, maybe it's small gestures or inclusive moments, but do what you can to make sure that fantasy hockey is something that can be for everyone. 